Hello and welcome to the Growing Green Podcast. Your host, Jeremiah Jennings, is the owner of Growing Green Landscapes in Birmingham, Alabama, and has a passion for growing the entrepreneurship community for those who are young in business. Being a business owner isn't easy, especially in the early years, and that's why in this show we dive into a wide range of topics covering all the challenges small business owners deal with. Even if your company is generating a million dollars or more, the stories from our great guest and Jeremiah's own firsthand experiences will propel your business forward. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Jennings. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode today here on the Growing Green Podcast. This is your host, Jeremiah Jennings, and I am super excited to come to you today with another fresh new episode for you. Thank you for listening and tuning in and making us a part of your day, whether it be morning, evening, uh, afternoon, whenever it is. Hope you guys are doing well and just out there rocking and rolling and heading into the winter. Man, it's crazy. This time of year is already here. Uh, guys are out plowing snow. We're down here in the south just still picking up leaves slowly but surely. Work slowing down a little bit, but still got some landscape jobs coming in, fitting some uh, tail end finishing touches on some Christmas lights. And it is just, uh, it's, been a, it's been a banner year. Uh, it's been an awesome year for us here at Growing Green. We've learned a lot. Um, we've had a lot of ups, a lot of downs as well to go along with that. But it's been one that I would not take for granted. Um, I've learned so much from this year and this season. And it's taught me a lot about being a business owner. And this is not going to be a super long show, guys. But I think we're just going to dive in here. And it's not even where I was planning on going. But I have these thoughts run through my head of, what does it look like to own a business and what does it look like to grow? What does it look like to learn? And it's not, it's not easy. So if you listen to the show for any length of time and you've heard me speak on this before, like it is not easy. It is never easy. There are some times where it's easier than others or there's some times when it's not as bad as, as it could be. Uh, but it's, it's genuinely, generally never easy. And that is just what you sign up for to be the entrepreneur. And when you scale and people say, well, when you scale and you can be sitting on the beats, like I was listening to a podcast with uh, on the Green Grind with Corey Ballard and um, Leroy Remains and Sam Gimble, and they were saying, like, the people that they know that have done that, that have gone and ran off and not been present in their companies in the day-to-day, well, not necessarily the day-to-day, but not been present in their companies just as the, the visionary, the leader, um, things like that, their companies suffer, and their companies see the see the the result negatively uh, of them not being there. And so, even as you scale, you do have other problems. It, it is still hard. There are still things that make it not easy, and you're still having to create a vision and help the team fulfill that vision and, and make sure everyone is doing it efficiently and effectively. And you're still growing along the way. So, at at all levels of business, it's never easy. I would say. Now, have I reached the million dollar, two million dollar mark? I have not. But I have talked to people that have uh, pretty extensively, and I think I could stand uh, stand firm in saying that that statement is probably true. It's really never easy. So you need to know what you're signing up for if you're looking to go into business for yourself. Maybe this is your um, – you've got a side hustle, and 2024 is going to be your year. Man, I hope 2024 is the year that you crush it. And we're going to have some podcasts on talking about goal setting and hitting those goals and setting, creating visions and, the, and, goal, and uh, goal casting and – all of those things that go along with that. And I want you to do all that. I just want you to do it and realize along the way you're going to have trials and setbacks. And so that's all I'm trying to get across to you 
In today's show, I just kind of want to walk through what our years looked like, um, the good, the bad, the ugly, all, all of it in between, and just kind of prepare you um, if you're in years three to five of what you could be dealing with. And maybe if you're not in years three to five uh, on the timeline of like length of business, but maybe trying to operate your business uh, in a legitimate way. Because have we been in business for five years? Yes. Have we been operating it, uh, searching for the best way to run it for all five years? Probably not. Probably really we're in year two and a half to three of that. And so we're still in that crucial phase. And I know a lot of you guys are. And so I hope this uh, brings some value and resonates with some of you. But starting off, I, I would say this year has been one that taught us uh, a lot, taught me a lot from a leadership point of view, uh, from a point of trying to work myself out of the field, but also retain quality control and also create vision for my guys and my and my uh, team that, that we're trying to build. And so I would say back in February, we were offered a guy that wanted to come work for us. He had an amazing attitude, like perfect employee that you could ask for. And it was a big risk. Like it, this was February. We were not in a place financially to take him on. Spring rush had not hit yet. Um, and so I was like, because we'd already had another guy that we kept on full-time all winter. And I was like, I don't know, but I wanted. I made that decision. Just go ahead and do it because it seemed like one of those opportunities that you couldn't pass up. And so we did that. We made that decision, and he was awesome. Everything, like I said, family friend. I knew him from church that we went to. He checked out every other, like every box. Um, amazing attitude. Showed up on time. Um, lifted the team morale. All of that. But he struggled with the actual physical labor part of the job, and so that was a hindrance and a setback. So he stuck around for about two months, two and a half months, and then um, I was about to the point where I was going to have to part ways. He decided he wanted to part ways as well. So mutual agreement, mutual ending, everything was good there. But that was kind of the the first trial that we went through of the hiring and the firing process. Not even the firing, but just the, the keeping up with guys. And so... The turnover, I guess you could say, is the better is a better word for it. The turnover of guys that we had. So he decided to leave. The guy we kept on all winter decided to leave right after that. And, and I'm trying to do a quick rundown, guys. If you listen to us throughout the year, you've heard all this. But this is just like a, a catch-up for the guys maybe who've tuned in later after the year after Equip or LA or something like that. And you haven't heard, gone back and listened to all the episodes from the year. So the guy we kept on all winter, he decided to leave as soon as spring rush started. So we were two guys down that I thought we were going to be great going into spring with. We backtracked to the guy that was with us last year. Uh, he ended the year with us and then kind of dropped off. He was still in high school, so he was playing sports in the fall. And so he kind of dropped off. Well, he wanted to work again, and so it worked out. Brought him on and pushed him up to a leadership role, uh, somewhat of a foreman role, and taught him very quickly when it comes to mowing and weeding and, and running a crew because, like I said, remember, this is spring rush going on, and we are right in the thick of it. We are in the middle of everything. And so I'm running around trying to do this. We're getting landscape inquiries all day long. We got all kinds of just maintenance and mowing. We're trying to grow that as well. We're trying to tighten our routes. A lot of stuff going on. And so we push him up to a foreman role. He does good. He, he kind of accepts that role. We hire another guy that comes on and helps him. And they do pretty well together. They work for probably three to four months together. Uh, and, and he with the other guy that came on to help him was good. Uh, but just at the end of the day, didn't work out. Um, just wasn't wasn't was not furthering the bit the vision of the team that I had in mind and so I honestly probably kept around a little too long but he was helping us get work done we were not hitting production though we were way behind there was too much overtime happening and so it was a big struggle for the summer because in all this is again this is a quick rundown in all of that we bought the mini skid we landed our two largest landscape jobs we've ever done um 
And so this was just like a, a whirlwind of events that were happening. And I was just trying to honestly keep my head above water. And so I was trying to delegate because at that point, Jack was six months old. I was wanting to spend time with him. And so I wasn't doing as much of the mowing, but I was doing the landscaping. So I was trying to spend time with Jack, trying to do the landscaping, trying to delegate the mowing to them, fixing problems, broken windows, broken blades, whatever it may be, just trying to keep up with things. And it was just like, wow, what are we doing? And we got in a rat race, I think, for the majority of the summer. Uh, And we got through it, but not without the turnover of that second guy we brought on to help him. We brought another guy on. That was the more recent, or actually, the guy who kept on through the winter came back, um, and we had an agreement that it was going to last long, like long-term. We good, had long sit-down, blah, blah, blah. Went through all of that. He decided to leave about a month after coming back, and so um, then we're, again, back at a back at ground zero with me and one guy and so brought on another guy and it was not a good fit again kind of hit all the checked all the boxes in the beginning had a lot of experience uh good good do good work but he kind of wanted to do a little too much and wanted to do it his way too much not not that i was, I was being hands off like i was trying to to let them do their own thing and let them learn their way and create their own processes but it was a little too much of just trying to do their own way uh and not listen to the way that we knew worked so had to work through that a little bit that was a more recent uh, process that we dealt with. So ended up fire, uh, letting, letting go of him. And then we're back at really ground zero, me and Kellen again. This is the one guy that came back from last year. And so we're here, and we decided to just rock this. And we've been doing good. We hung a lot of Christmas lights um, with just me and him and a part-time buddy of his that played basketball for us. He worked with us two summers ago. And so it's been, it's been pretty good. But we are at a point where we have to create a team and we have to create a vision for our employees that wants to attract the right people. And it comes back to me though. And you hear me say a lot on the show, you hear a lot of successful people say this. If you have a problem, don't blame it on your team first. Look at yourself and see what you're doing wrong. And that hits home to me because out of all those things that went wrong, the leaving, the coming back, the leaving, the the uh, just not fitting the team, the the morale that we wanted, doing things that weren't that didn't need to be done. Some of them illegal, and it's just like, guys, like what are we doing? That comes back to me though, because I didn't hire correctly. I did not put the right processes in place when I needed to to make sure and vet them correctly. So I've learned a lot from this summer as far as just reading people, and I hope and pray that it helps me going into 2024 with the with the vision of hey, we're going to build a really, really good team this year, and we're going to kind of – I want to grow our maintenance, but I really want to maintain and build a really solid team around it. And if we get that team in place and we get things firing on all cylinders and we get that leadership role in place, then I want to start scaling a little bit more there. And so we're trying to create that vision. We're going to talk about some goal setting, like I said, here in some future shows. But this whole year has taught me a lot about just, like I said – handling people and if you're in that boat of when do I hire my right uh, my first right hand man that's a question we get a lot and if you're listening to this you're probably like oh my gosh I do not want to go through all that like that's way too much guys that was a lot uh, it was a lot it was a hard year it was a lot of stress in that but I'll tell you what we did it taught me how to delegate uh, it taught me because I was tied up on landscape jobs there were weeks that I did not touch a mower I did not go to a yard because I was on week two week long landscape jobs and so, and I was hitting deadlines because we were booked four, six weeks in the summer. And that forced me to trust them. Even though they weren't the right fit long-term for our company, 
it forced me to trust them and put things in their hands more. And by doing that, we got a, we got work done, and it and it also trained our customers to realize that I'm not going to be there on every single yard. And I'll just be honest: if a lot of our customers have stuck through us this year with um, the turnover that we did have, things like that, like they're probably going to stick with us in the long run. It's going to weed out those first uh, couple of weeks of you trying to get out of the field. The ones that just drop you because you're not there, it's going to weed those out. And those are the ones you probably want to get rid of anyway if they're just going to fire you over something that simple. Um, but it's taught me, like I said, how to delegate. And so at the end of the year, at the end of the day, whatever you want to call it, we got the work done. We kept our customers. We might have lost five to seven customers all year. Um, we did not have bad attrition at all this year. And like I said, with all of what happened, I'll take it. That's a win. Because here's at the end of the day, what did I, what did I gain out of that? I gained how to work with people. And I gained not having to mow grass all summer. And that was just the point that I reached back in the spring. I was like, I do not want to cut grass all day, every day this year. That's not, I can't lead and grow and create a vision for a company. And so did I get lost in probably the landscape side and then trying to start brighter bins in the middle of all that? Yeah, I, I would say that that took a toll. And I, got to, I still got too stuck in the business instead of on the business. That's the hot topic right now of working in versus on. Um, and... I'm, I'm, I say it's a hot topic. I don't say that sarcastically. Like it's a topic that needs to be talked about because we have way too many guys who are trying to just be the best stripe cutter or stripe layer. Like I don't, I don't want to care about how good I lay stripes. I want the vision to be. I want the the purpose to be. How good am I at finding the right people, creating a solid team, creating jobs for others, and building a company out of this. Not just how good can I cut grass. And so when you reach that mindset, which is the, the turn point that I had back in the spring, it just it clears up a lot of things. Because if you would have asked me 14, 16 months ago, would, did you want, would you want to go through all that hiring and firing and letting go and trying to keep up with everything? I would have said, no way. I'll just keep me and a guy and we'll just mow and we'll handle it. But once you do it, guys, and again, you will never, I, never, I should never say never, but you're going to be hard pressed to ever hear me say you have to scale. And that's the only way I am against that from day one. I, 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 I respect people that scale companies and I think it's good for a lot of people, but I don't think you should have to do it. If that's not the route you want to go, you don't have to do it. And you just need to understand the risks that come along with that. So if you are going to stay a one man band, then when you get hurt, you have to realize that your business if you want to call it a business, is going to be in trouble. And so as long as you understand those risks, stay a one-man band if you want to and, and be efficient and, and make really good profit. But just realize the risks that come along with that, but also realize the risk, like we're saying, that comes along with scaling. And so what I've realized was, hey, I want to do this. I want to create this vision. I want to create the team. I want to build the processes. And we did that. And so we still got the work done, and I didn't have to do it. That, that That's a win. What do we say on the show all the time? Like, it's only a, a failure or a loss if you don't learn something. So is this year a failure or a loss? By no means. Are we hitting tremendous profit this year at the end of our year? No, because we had way too much overtime. We were not hitting production in the summer. We were spending way too much on labor. Our labor was way too high this year. And so what I'm saying is, like, if you would ask me two years ago, are these problems you would have you want to deal with? I would have said absolutely not. But then you do it, you pull the trigger, and you realize some of the freedom that it frees up, 
And maybe it's not you sitting at home on the beach somewhere, or sitting at home on the beach. If you have a, a, a beach for a home, then you're, you, you're probably past this point. But if it, if it means going and doing landscape jobs, because that's where your passion is, and not having to mow, then that's what it can mean to you. But you have to figure out how to delegate to get out of the, out of the mowing field. And maybe it's you want to go mow and not landscape, but you have a landscaping company or hardscape or whatever it may be. Like, take it and put it into your scenario. It's not a one-size-fits-all thing. We talk about that all the time. But when you can do it and just make the jump, you're going to realize, hey, this is what comes with it. And so that's where the benefit for me has come is, like, I would have said, no way. Now that I've done it, I don't know that I want to go back to being stuck in the field every single day. I can tell you now I don't want to go back because I've done that for the past two months, um, hanging Christmas lights, doing leaves, things like that. Like, I just, I just don't do it. Like, my time is too valuable now. Like I'm trying to cast a vision for this company and also trying to grow brighter bins. Um, our, my time is better spent with Savannah and Jack, keeping a healthy relationship with both of them and furthering our family's future. And so I know, I know you can get caught up in the, in the day to day of business. You can also get caught up in the day to day of just family. So it's hard to find that work life balance. That balance is hard. It's a, it's a, it's one of the most popular questions we get that you hear asked to people who have actually stayed married and, and and been in business any length of time, and a lot of guys will just tell you, hey, there it's there really is no balance. Like you just have to go hard on one side, and you say, and as long as you communicate and create expectations of, hey, we're going hard for six months in the summer, and the other six months is when we're going to spend a lot of family time together. That's good, but you got to create that expectation. You got to both be on the same page about it, and you got to stick to it. And so as long as you can do all that, you're going to be good. But it's not, it's not just that easy sometimes. And so take that, apply it to your situation. What I'm trying to get across here is like, this has been a tough year for us. We're only hitting on one topic today of just the hiring and the, and the, the firing and the turnover process. But I'm trying to share with you what I've learned. And, and what I've learned is like, I've seen both sides now of being out of the field of mowing. And this is not even me scaling a large company. This is just me hiring two or three guys during the summer and me not having to mow every day. So what does the future look like if we do bring on 5, 10, 15 guys and we have three to four crews running and we're generating $800 million a year? And it's like, where, where do we end here? Where do we stop? And so you kind of get the itch as you start to grow. And that's not saying that we're going to start scaling a company anytime soon. But what it is telling me is like, hey, even if we stay at $300,000, $350,000, I want to have two or three solid employees and a team that I know I can trust on and grow this thing if we want to. Oh God, I'm gonna have to shovel. I don't even have a snowblower. Nobody to plow me. Oh my God, and the neighbors suck. They don't help. Oh my God, what am I gonna do? Do you wanna keep the cash flowing this winter? Head over to LauntrepreneurAcademy.com and check out all of Brian Fullerton's new courses and powerful resources to get you cashing in on that white gold through plowing snow. The Snow Plowing Training Course is easy to understand and you'll learn what it takes to do the job effectively and how to bid, price, and estimate snow plowing for both residential and commercial properties. LauntrepreneurAcademy.com has three new resources to take the hassle and guesswork out of securing your snow removal jobs, plus there's eye-catching marketing materials that can help you secure new clients quickly. Ready to crush the snow game this year? Visit LauntrepreneurAcademy.com or use the link in the podcast description. And so what I'm telling you is back to what I said 10 minutes ago. If you're at the point where you want to hire that first guy, you're going to just have to do it. 
you're going to learn along the way. And so I, I hope that you can get around people who have hired and fired and, and learn some advice, take some advice from them, take some, some key um, some key points that they have gone through in their business and implement them in your process of hiring and look up hiring processes, look up uh, how to vet people. Like there's a lot of, there's a community out there that's willing to help you. You just got to ask the questions. And so I hope you can do that, but also don't get caught up on hiring the perfect person the first time because it's never going to happen. Again, I shouldn't say never. It's rarely going to happen. It's going to be very, you're going to be very hard pressed to find your perfect guy that's going to stick with you for 15 years on your first try. And so as you hire, you just have to learn along the way. You have to take away, you have to have takeaways from each interaction you have. A lot of mine are you can't get too close to your employees and you can't try to, you can't try to pull them out of something that they've dragged themselves down into. Even if it wasn't their decisions, maybe they've been put that in that position of just their life in general. You can't be their savior. Um, in the world of uh, Christianity, the whole world is, should be about Christianity. That's what our number one goal is here on earth is to share the gospel. But in the faith, it, maybe you're not a person of faith or something like that, but in this world, in this um, faith that we, that we all trust and believe in, there is a common thing, topic that goes around of bad rarely being, I mean, good rarely brings bad up. Bad usually brings good down. And so do you cut, do you totally cut off bad and you just like, do you sever it? Not initially, no, but you have to learn where to, where to find a fine line of hanging out with that person too much or being around that too much because usually bad brings good down. And so you have to look at that when you're trying to hire somebody into your company. If they come in with a lot of baggage, with a lot of errors and and mistakes and just a lot of things that they're bringing into your company, a lot of personal life problems, I'm not saying don't give them a chance. I'm just saying make sure you have them on a really thin leash and make sure you know how to cut it off. Because if you don't know how to cut it off and you let it go on too long, it's going to affect the culture of your other guys. We had that happen this year. Like I'm saying, I'm I'm, I'm speaking from experience. I'm speaking from experience of we had this happen in our company. And so when one person gets away with something or brings something in and thinks it's okay to do, then the other person that's, that they're working with or the other two people they're working with is going to say, well, why can't we do it? And then maybe they're not doing what that person's doing, but they're going to start doing their own wrong or their own slacking. And, and then you can't say anything to them because the person you hired is slacking or doing wrong. And so you gotta, you got to remember all that when you make these decisions in hiring. It's never, never easy. It's never easy. Again, you just have to try to do your best and you just try to have to learn as you go. And so I hope that brings some value to you. It's, it's a shorter show on your Wednesday here to get you through the week. But um, I just want to get the point across. This is a very pivotal time. If you're looking to hire your first guy in spring, you just got to do it. You got to pull the trigger. You want to vet. You want to do all these things. And I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying you have to realize you're not going to find the perfect one. Pull the trigger. If they mess up, then guess what? You let them go and you go find someone else and you work through it and you learn along the way. But if you're looking for a guy in the springtime, starting March 1st, you need to be looking within the next month. You need to start, you need to be start, um, running some campaigns on uh, a LinkedIn or a ZipRecruiter or whatever it may be for you. Uh, we've used ZipRecruiter this year and it wasn't that good. We never, we didn't really get that good of response or leads from it. So be be careful when you go that route. If, the, if you do go that route, it's, it gets very expensive very quickly. So just keep that in mind. But 
it's uh, something that you got to start doing now. you got to start putting feelers out there. You can't be searching for them uh, on February the 15th to start March the 1st because that's another problem. As we wrap up, that, that that's what I'll hit on. When you're trying to find good people, it's rarely the person that can start the next day or the next three days or the person that's calling asking if you're hiring. It just is what it is. That, that doesn't typically – it's not typically how it works out. Every one of our situations that have gone bad have been that scenario where – They've called, are you hiring? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm hiring. We need somebody bad. Can you start tomorrow? Oh, I can be there tomorrow. I can be there today. And that's typically the person that's bouncing job to job, not keeping anything long-term. They don't have any type of relationship built up with their current employer, so they're just going to let them go. They're just going to tell them they're quitting the day before and then walking out the door. And that's not something you want to bring into your company because they're going to do the same thing to you, I promise. And so just keep that in mind when you do go through this. I don't have all the answers by any stretch of the imagination. But I do have experience just from this year of, of working through some guys, and I'm just going to keep sharing it with you as we go. Uh, I hope this I hope this resonates. If you're not here yet and you're going to get here in the next year or two, earmark this podcast, come back to it, um, see what you can do. I, I, I think that you can learn a lot from it. Uh, I'm being honest. Like if I would have, I wish I would have had this two years ago when I started hiring people the right way. If I would have heard this kind of information. It would have made me make better decisions uh, from the beginning, and so hopefully it does help you, and you can uh, make some make some good decisions as you go uh, moving forward. So I hope y'all are having a great Wednesday, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And I know the year is coming down to an end very, very quickly, but maybe you didn't have your best year ever. Maybe you didn't see a ton of profit. What can you do to change that? How can you turn it into a positive and be better next year? That's what you got to look at moving forward. So I hope you can do that. I hope you can uh, keep your head up keep motivating people because I know there's a lot of people that are motivating you out there. So same way, same way with me. And if you don't have that circle around you, then you need to find that circle and get in it. Figure out a way to get in it. Whatever you can do to get in a circle of people that motivate you, figure it out and make it happen. Um, whether it's an investment of money, time, resource, whatever it is, figure it out, make it happen. So y'all have a great Wednesday, great rest of the week, whenever it is you're listening, if you're not listening live, have a very Merry Christmas. We'll definitely speak to you again. You'll hear from us moving forward for the next couple of weeks. We're going to have some great shows coming up, some great guests, some, uh, some goal setting, vision casting, a lot of things going into the new year. So y'all stay tuned for all of that. So without any further ado, guys, that's going to wrap this one up. I hope you enjoyed it. Leave us a big five-star rating and review guys. It means the world to us if you can do that and share the show, but thanks for listening. And we look forward to catching up with everybody here on the next one. Are you feeling stuck in the slow lane of business growth, wondering how to assemble a dream team that propels your business forward, or perhaps putting in the hustle but not seeing the financial results that you crave? We get it, but guess what? We've got the game-changing event you've been waiting for. Get ready for the LCR Summit, your ultimate experience to get answers and take action. Join industry titans Keith Kalfas, John Pajak, Marvin Salcedo, Paul Jameson, Mr. Producer, and Jeremy Vest in dynamic workshops on marketing, team building, and company culture. Budgets, break-evens, and bottom lines, podcasting, and YouTube content creation designed to kick your business into high gear. Picture this, two days of hands-on interactive sessions in the heart of Atlanta, Georgia at the Creators Clubhouse on January 19th and 20th. Limited seats ensure an engaging experience so you're not just attending, you're participating, collaborating, and transforming. Oh, and did we mention a special bonus? Brace yourselves for Jonathan Potoshnik, the lawn care millionaire, delivering a keynote that's worth the price of admission alone. 
LCR Summit event host Naylor Taliaferro says, I wish this event existed when I started my business. It's a unique opportunity to connect with industry leaders and invest in the future growth of your business. Click the link in the episode description or head straight to lcrsummit.com to snag your seat before they sell out. And by the way, tickets are fully refundable because, hey, we get it, business emergencies happen, and when there's snow, you gotta go. So invest in your future, worry-free. Here's to the clear skies and bright future of your business. We'll see you January 19th through the 20th at the LCR Summit, lcrsummit.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Growing Green Podcast. It is an honor to have you listening, and we hope you receive valuable advice to help take your business to the next level. Don't forget to follow the podcast so you'll be notified when our next episode drops.